Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Zoom Green Room. I'm your host, Anne Meehan, and this is my favorite podcast because one, I love the sound of my own voice, but two, you never know what fabulous people are going to come into the Zoom Green Room. This week, I'd like you to share our dingiest creepily soft yet glamorous chair in the Zoom green room for our very special guest who is one of the most extraordinary acting talents I have ever met and a friend, Alexander Plouffe. Alex, wow. bravo. I've been gassed up like that in a while. That's <laughs> nice. And now playing the part very convincingly of a sad man <laughs> trapped in his apartment. <laughs> We're doing meta theater. <laughs> really I don't know where the play me. ends <laughs> and my reality begins. <laughs> <laughs> Our whole life is now a fantasy fiction. Yep. It's like a mist of time and space that I don't know where I am in it. Like if I woke up and it was 1985 again, I'd be like, eh. Like I've just lost all meaning of surprise. Yeah. At this point, we were we were just talking beforehand about the very sad passing of Christopher Plummer, and neither could remember <laughs> if it was this year, if it was last year, what month? It was yesterday? <laughs> Has it happened yet? Are we? Are we? Is it a premonition? Yeah, he's actually thirty-five. The sound of music just came out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was too long, but I digress. <laughs> now the the structure of the zoom green room is to go past present future so as much as i want to delve into this <laughs> we want to start sweaty mass in front of he gets very sexy we'll start at the beginning um when do you remember being in your first play i would have been like six or seven it was at like a, a summer theater camp and we there was like three different groups for like the different ages so we were doing a medieval play and then the next group did like a greek myth and i can't remember what the oldest group did but we did the king arthur slash merlin gig and she was merlin baby nice yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember much i remember for some reason i guess i hadn't i had like this big staff and then at one point I had to like cast a spell and there was like a thunder sheet in the wings and it was like very much production. And people were uh, like, is this Excalibur? This is so good. Wait, is this Broadway? <laughs> the budget. And uh, I guess I hadn't rehearsed with the staff and I didn't know what to do. With it. So I just put it between my legs. <laughs> Did a bunch of shit with my arms with this big wooden staff sticking between my legs. It was not great. <laughs> and a star was born. <laughs> did, but did that, I mean, had you auditioned or something to get into that? Or were you just sort of like stuck in? Well, it was like a camp that you sign up for and then you go in and then you do like your auditions, quote unquote, at the camp yeah. where they're like, like, read this paragraph. And then they like assign roles. Can this child read? Okay, he's the <laughs> <Exactly>. lead. <laughs> that's hard. Like a drama camp for like six-year-old kids. That's challenging to me. Like I'm getting hives just thinking about trying like to Like the that. work? Oh, oh, running that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah like yeah. no, the work. The kids don't know what the work <laughs> is. They don't care. But the people trying to like shape these yeah. kids into doing something that's not just like putting a stick between their legs on stage <laughs> is a lot. Yes. So at yes. the, now I was reading somewhere you were in a, a maybe a bit more legit of a show at eleven. Was it a Shakespeare? Oh Jesus! Was it something I'm on the internet? <laughs> so I'm on the internet, baby. Um, yeah. That, so it well, it was the same camp that I did three times. So the second time I did it was yeah Shakespeare, and we did Twelfth Night. Um, and like I, all I can think about is like the parents having to sit through these productions. Like eleven year olds doing Shakespeare, kill me. Like I can barely reason. sit through Twelfth Night as it is. You <laughs> know, with like professional actors. Like, good yeah. God. Wow. That's, yeah. Thank you, mother and father. And I apologize. And then the third year I did that camp, we did like, it was all Greek. So we did Medea for some reason. 
Um, Holy smokes. This is very yeah. challenging for kids, eh? I guess. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't really it thought is. back on it. But like, yeah. Some, yeah, like a 13-year-old being like, I'm going to kill my sons. <laughs> Get it, girl, girl boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did that in like a Seder play or something. So yeah, that was like my first, because I had wanted to to try acting for a long time. And so my parents were like, well, we'll throw him into this, see how she goes. And mm-hmm. what, what attracted you to it? Was it watching TV or was it, what was it that made you think I want to do that? It was, I remember watching Peter Pan uh, and just being like, oh, that's what I want to do. Like, that's what I want to do for like a job. Because when you're a young kid, like, it's so early that adults are like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. Like, is it a fire? Like, relax, okay? It's gonna, gonna get there fast enough. It's gonna be bad. But I was like, well, that's what I want to do. I want to like fly around this like fucking fairy town with a bunch of boys yeah. <laughs> for the rest of my life. And so I told my mom, I was like, that's what I want to do when I grow up. And she was like, okay, well, Peter Pan doesn't grow up, you fucking idiot. So you clearly <laughs> missed the plot, my God. <laughs> Gets you into like pre-kindergarten already. And two, well, that those are actors. Like that's the people hired to like play that. And so I was like, okay, well then I'll do that. Okay. Yeah. It's close, as close as you can get. Were there now we should also say this was Alberta? Yes. Yeah. That's where you're from originally. Yeah. And were there high school plays? So then I went to, <clears throat> I did a couple like community theater plays in junior mm-hmm. high. Um, I did some like light local television stuff, just like trying to like, I, I, I would get these, this, there's a uh, newspaper called Fast Forward in Calgary and in the back it had um, like Help Wanted and they always had an audition section. And it was a free paper that came out weekly and I would always go and be like, are you casting 13 year olds? And no one ever was advertising and fast forward to cast 13 year olds. There was some times when I like got lucky and found stuff, but it really wasn't much until high school. There was a new program that had started the year before I entered high school at a, a school that was really close to where I was and it was called a performing visual arts program. And so it was separated into- Fame. Exactly, exactly. There was like a dance division, drama. Um, yeah band, whatever. So I auditioned to enter that program. And so I went there for three years and it was bad. Really? (laughs) Well, it was a new program. So they were really. We've got some sticks here. (laughs) Just pick them up and like make them do stuff. You're like, I've been through the tablets. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember we did God, we did like four months of stomp in like grade 11. That oh, was so come on. just agonizingly mundane. And like like stomp, the, the show with the trash can. And like each time you'd be like, okay, so now we're going to add text. And now we're going to add some Shakespeare. And now we're going to add lights. And it was like, we get it. Like it sounds and noises. Like what we're supposed to be. All these the- white kids like trying to fucking... <laughs> Sorry. Get rhythm, baby. <laughs> yeah. like, like snap and clap and say stuff. And it's just like an awkward disaster. <laughs> There's this like Macbeth monologue happening in the background. <laughs> That's how you know. It's like oh my every God. year we'd go. To, so like the teachers just, they didn't have it. They, they really didn't have it. Um, every year we'd go to like the Calgary drama fe- high school drama festival <laughs> just be the worst out of the bunch and like we're supposed to be like the performing arts school that's rough it was oh god yeah that's it's like um if you're on ontario it'd be like the sears drama festival which i'm not sure still exists but it's this huge competition where all the high schools in the area like have a they each do like a one-act play okay and you get to see who sucks yeah and when it's the performing arts school that's not great no doesn't speak well <laughs> no really doesn't and like i always i oh god i rem- our teacher he was this like middle-aged gay man who clearly had a lot of like his own hang-ups with high school kids oh. like i remember yeah one day he came in and he was like everybody lay down <laughs> we all laid on the floor <laughs> and he turned off the lights and then he's like we're gonna do a guided meditation yeah this is every drama teacher in high school. Okay. And so we started, but then he just kept like crying and we were like, oh. what's happening? And then oh. finally, oh he, he got to the point where like, 
<laughs> some some kid in the hallway called him a faggot. <gasps> and so we had to sit through an hour of him cr- crying through this guided meditation. And it was like, buddy. Oh, I'm... no. It was horrible. It was bad. And he kept being like, we're a family. We're a family. At the end, like, at the end of the day, we're a family. And we got to stick together. And he kicked out, like, half the kids in our class for the stupidest shit. Like, oh, it was bad. It was really bad. Yikes. I feel yeah. like there is a lot of weirdness with high school drama, like, the, some of the teachers can really get some stuff into their heads about being the drama teacher and they start going I'm an artist and you're like hold the phone yeah you know what I mean yeah. like we had a teacher we had the, the first there was a guy there when I first got there who's awesome yeah. but he was covering from mat leave and when this lady came back I was like oh and she had an ego and she would be like every year we'd go to like Sears or whatever she'd be like I'm writing this year's play and it would be a a skunk in a trash basket she'd be like wow this is so deep and I'd be like this is the worst shit like I like I it's one of those things like being like a 16 year old I'm getting I'm getting sick I'm 16 I'm in a play and you you are mature enough to know you're like this is hot garbage and you're right you know what I mean? Yeah, that doesn't yeah. speak well of the teacher because I'm like, you directed and sat through all these rehearsals and you can't see what I'm seeing, which is that this is like not good. And we usually get demolished. The only thing that saved us is that we had, and I, this isn't me because this is before I sort of came into being one of the leads. It's the older you get, right? Yeah. But we had a few kids who were so good that they would usually win stuff. Mm. But it made me nuts that we had these kids and their talent was being funneled into this crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What can I, you do, right? I really feel you there. It's- Oh yeah, yeah. you would have been one of those kids where I just- Well, no, like, just Are even you crazy? seeing, seeing like, our class, like we had a really talented group of kids, some of them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, but then like, I remember the first year, or the first play we did was this, oh God, this play called After Juliet. It's the sequel to Romeo and Juliet that zero people asked for. Right. It's so stupid. And like the costumes were nuts. It was all on the scaffolding. Like it made no, it made no sense. And it was like, okay, well that was bad. Maybe next year it'll get better. They literally did Mean Girls the play. Okay. Where one of the teachers sat down and just typed out Mean Girls, the script, as she watched the movie and then put it on stage. Interesting. Yeah. Also it illegal, is. I would think. Oh, I... Totally, right? Like, you can't do that. Definitely not. No, no, no. We also illegally did uh, Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas in the exact same way. <laughs> She's in the karaoke soundtrack and, like, one saxophone player. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> Someone's, like, calling <laughs> Disney. And, that, like, Disney is not the one to fuck with. I'm surprised no. that they had the nerve to do that. Because Some tiny, Disney hears yeah. about stuff. Even when yes. you think they're not going to, you're like, oh, yes. whoops. <laughs> Some store in a tiny town like paints Mickey Mouse in their window and it gets smashed. Like it's just, yeah. I'm yeah, sure Disney a- like saw our production photos and was like, yeah, we're good. It's fine. We don't want to associate ourselves. With oh my gosh. They're probably yeah. right now at that school, like writing a script for the Mandalorian. They're like, uh, hey, well, this is a good idea. <laughs> no. So like the year after I graduated, the the teacher left and the program's gotten so much better oh thank god so much better like they do really they do real scripts by real playwrights (laughs) like they like what you're supposed to do like what you're supposed to do and like they've also now they um they have people who come in from the local uh like professional theater companies and like shakespeare in the park and work with the kids and help them prepare their auditions for the postgraduate studies and stuff like that and it's yeah it's great I'm so happy that it's um it's such a good program now I just can't stop thinking about stuff I guess just bitter (laughs) Um, so let's push you out of that terrible place you go to a University of Victoria yes I should also say when I was in high school I did there was also part of this a musical theater conservatory that was great 
And that is what led me to UVic. Very good. And did you also won a scholarship, Nigel Leach Memorial Scholarship? Girl, you did your research. Oh yeah. Yes. You're highly stalkable <laughs> as all good actors are. <laughs> oh God. Uh, was that yes, an, I, to get in or was that later? No, that was going into my fourth year. Okay, so you're a hot shot by then. Uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was for uh, Shakespeare. I like barely got into university, if I could be honest. It was skin of my teeth. Acting. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But you still like, need a grade point average, right? You need. Well, it would... It was that, so at the beginning of um, my grade 12 year, I went to my guidance counselor and I said, here's what I want to do. I want to go to UVic. I'm also applying to some other conservatories, but I think I want to go the university route. So I just need like some help setting up my courses for the year. So that's all good. And then she's like, okay. So I took like remedial math because I was terrible at math. And then she was like, oh, you can also take like a lower level social studies, get a higher um, uh, grade. grade, and yeah. then that'll just like bump your GPA. And I'll be like, oh, cool. And I'm like, I'll have enough credits and everything. She's like, oh my God, you're great. You have like almost twice the amount of credits you need to perfect. So great. Went through the whole year. It was like two weeks before graduation. Oh, I had been, I had been waitlisted for the theater program at UVic. And the guidance counselor calls me down to the office and she's like, I just got off the phone with you, Vic, and I, I'm so sorry, but you don't have enough credits. And I was like, no, no, like, you, I haven't failed anything this year. I've, my GPA has been fine. You said, like, if I took da-da-da, she's like, no, you need the higher level social they, Yeah, I was going to say, they don't count. Yeah. What a dope. Her, yeah. not you. Yeah. So That's the leader of our children right there. I know. Like, come on. And so I was like, what do I do? And she's like, okay, I'm going to call you Vic. Let, let me see what I can do. I think, I, I, I think I'll be able to handle it. Yeah. It's your fault, lady. Okay, Gail. <laughs> and then, so she was on, her name really was Gail. Great job. Gail. Good. <laughs> uh, and I remember her being on the phone and then she looked at me. She's like, uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. You're going to have to take summer school. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Gail, you're fired. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Teacher of the year. Guidance. That's um, guidance. So I I had to take summer school. I wrote my exam like early August. Late August. It's like it's time to go. Like I had got so I got my acceptance into the theater department. It was just all can like based on if you like passing these. I think I had to get like a 70 in the course or something. Right. Um, so as long as I got that, I was fine. Like I had my dorm room and everything. It was just like not an official yes. Wow. But I was driving out to Victoria with three friends of mine and my dad was driving. So I was like, I gotta go, I guess. Like, and just hope that like, cause I hadn't got my results yet. And it wasn't until I was getting off the ferry from Vancouver to Victoria that I found out that I got my results and I got in baby oh we that have been terrible get there and then oh just yeah turn around with my dad and all my stuff and go home it's kind of, i mean and it really wasn't your i mean that sorry that counselor that's some horse shits like yeah I can't like, tell that's, that, like i knew as you were talking i i mean it's been a thousand years since i applied to university but i thought i don't think you can do that but then i thought well i was in ontario maybe it's different and you're like no 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 it's not different Yikes. No. See, I'll tell you what my secret was, but now, and I also took another year of high school than you because we had OAC. Right. Yes. Academic credit. So by the time you get to university, you're 30. But um, <laughs> uh, I just cut math. I was like, that's enough oh, math. You? For my final year, it will be art, English, and drama. And guess what, everybody? <laughs> I had a 90,000th percentile. <laughs> I was a genius <laughs> in anything that didn't relate to math or science. That's amazing. Yeah. I actually yeah. really did like science for a while, but I got it said such sinkers of teachers that I stopped. Oh, did you? Yeah. Which is too yeah. bad. Yeah. But I had uh, no interest. But this through this musical theater conservatory, you would get uh, high school credits. 
every year. Okay. So I had like, like all my drama credits were like 90, 95. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, took math 10 twice, <laughs> took science 10 twice. <laughs> <laughs> Barely passed psychology. Like, yeah. <laughs> Fuck psychology. Fuck math. Oh, I've yeah. said fuck math on every episode, I think, of this podcast, and I stand by it. Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. Make that your tagline. Fuck we have math. that. I mean, we have that all in common with every guest that's ever <laughs> I've had so far. I haven't yet had one Zoom green room artist that's like, you know what I love? Pythagorean theorem. It's pretty fun. It's awesome. <laughs> so, did you, do you remember your, what was your favorite one role of university? Is it that? Yeah, playing a um, a gay club owner who would lure men from the internet into his club and then save them and introduce them to Jesus. <laughs> what play was that? Was that in your mind? <laughs> That's what that the Molly really hit. Do, <laughs> do you have COVID? Are you okay? <laughs> what show was that? What is it? That was that Daniel McIver show that I did. <laughs> now it's it makes sense. No, it's not so surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the name of the show? Inside. I don't know if it was like published ever. I'm sure it's in a compendium or something. Maybe. It's, it's gotta be. I, I remember him at some point being like, I don't like the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that Now that sounds legit MacGyver right there. I hate this. Why are we even here? I'm bored. I, I, remember point, like, you know, I, I didn't just get my high and dog write and leave this place. You're like, okay. Oh, that dog shat everywhere. Buddy. <laughs> I only saw, I worked with him when Buddy was a little baby buddy. buddy. And now he's a great big buddy. I see him on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very 11 years old. He's an older wow. man. Now maybe he's yeah. not shitting in the house. Maybe he's shitting again because he's so old. <laughs> Possibly. Full circle. All right. So let's get to the good stuff now. Because this is what I'm waiting for is oh, to get no. out of university. Uh-huh. And we start by we, I mean you. I'm certainly <laughs> not working. But you started doing actual theater and film. Yes. So I graduated. Also, when I was at UVic, I had like I was very fortunate. I was there at a time where there was a new theater company that was happening. It was called Blue Bridge Repertory Theater. And what their mandate was, was that they would pair uh, established and emerging artists in, in a theater company, which is smart in a couple ways, because for a lot of the emerging artists, he would just get students to do like really small roles and give them credits and like wouldn't even pay them until like later on he would start paying the students. But at first you could just get credits for the roles. And you also got to work with these amazing artists in like this beautiful theater in downtown Victoria. Um, so I was in their, um, their company for their first three summers, my last one being when I graduated. And then, so I did a show in Victoria, uh, and then moved to Calgary for my first like professional, professional gig. And then as soon as that was done, I moved to Toronto. The and then it all went down. <laughs> that's not, that's not true. <laughs> now I, I tried to write what I had seen you in, but I don't know if I got it all. I put five guys chilling mm-hmm. cloud mm-hmm. 52 pickup, shove it down my throat. Mm-hmm. Ornithology, which is my own show. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But, um, I, I don't, I might've seen other stuff too. And now I can't remember. And that's certainly not, you've done a lot of work. I that's not all of it. You, cause when we met, you hadn't seen me do anything. Had you? I don't think you had. I don't think so. I think the first yeah. thing I ever <laughs> saw was 52 pickup. Right, right, right. And that would have been like 2015. God knows Alex. <laughs> It was a while back. I'm not sure. (laughs) And we, I saw 52 pickup twice. I saw it the first time, and then I saw it again when you did it again. Right, the rematch. I I brought my mom, so I was like, "You gotta see this. You gotta see this guy." That is one of my favorite shows that I've ever done. I love doing that show. So good. It's like it's such a good concept. It's so much fun to perform. The audience really gets into it. 
because it is like it's really quick it moves along really fast and it's well written so funny yeah so yeah and i you know i've talked to i mean i had ryan on and i'm having jennifer's on this week oh but both times we'd all sort of commented on like how good you are oh and i angrily cut it out of the show but yeah uh, let's talk about it here <laughs> but i did you know i did mention you know i went and i saw 52 pickup and i have a bad habit of kidnapping people and i just thought i'm gonna get this guy like i'm gonna get this guy we'd met like one time like totally in like cash yeah. barely said anything and i was just like this guy <laughs> has it whatever it is and your partner nice. was good but you were you were the one oh that's very i'll nice never story. forget Thanks. that show i saw it's something so else with you at the tarragon but it was like a trial little show with kyle oh oh yeah no that was that was the the like workshop of the play that we so we we met my, my partner and I met doing a show um, and then a couple years later the playwright wanted to like expand it right and so that was that yeah yeah that was what that was yeah I almost forgot that 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 whole it's so funny now like going to things like that I took completely for granted like just these little tiny one-off things that you'd be like oh I'll just hit this and you don't even think about it and now I'm just like just take me anywhere where somebody's yeah. doing something I know but I at the know. time it was a very casual thing but that was that was interesting too but well, and um, just to think like there was always stuff going on to the point that it was like I don't know what I'm gonna see like oh totally just, it's such an embarrassment of riches and now it's like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed your fundraiser friend. I would go to all your fundraisers if I could now. For my birthday, we watched a filmed recording of Christopher Durang's Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike. It was like the, the first thing that I'd seen in a theater since before the lockdown. And like, yeah, it was wild. And yeah. I really, really miss it. Me too. Yeah, And I don't think I went as often as like maybe you or some other people, but it was still often like it was maybe once or twice a month at least. Right. Which, yeah, yeah. And I, and now I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, cause it's just something, a little something to look forward to, or even going to the ballet after work or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're just like, but just live. Like there's, there's that communal yeah. response that you have. And there's something about seeing, like, like seeing, I think, I think the last thing, yeah, the last thing I saw would have been Angels Atlas. Right. And like me too, I'm sure because that was that was days before. It had to be. Yeah, that well because then, then it went right into R&J and then which was immediately canceled yeah. after yeah. like one show or two shows of that fucking matinee. Oh god, <laughs> the flashbacks. <laughs> well, the crowd's the really are crowd's really turning. <laughs> I'm not loving this box office right now, but that's fine. But um now just and, that like yeah seeing it with people there is something oh totally about that experience yeah it is yeah i don't want to watch disney on hamilton on disney i mean i still haven't yeah i've only seen i think two films which is spaces and fuck buddies oh that i oh jesus christ right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you forgot about that didn't you it's not a porn but it's it does make you far. want to throw up. <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh. yeah, it was pretty entertaining. When did you also did you watch that disturbing. like recently or when it came out? Quite when a while it, ago. Right, right, yeah, okay. quite yeah, a while yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it was shocking. Yeah, that I had so much fun making that. Um, it's it's one of those things where like because it was just us, this group of like ragtag like artists in this one house yeah for a week and it, it was kind of the same thing with five guys chilling when we were rehearsing like it's just a small group of people yeah, making which was something, a play yeah which is a play right thank yeah. you and like you're having a lot of fun you're experimenting and then you know when you're in a group of like-minded artists you like push yourself and you go farther and like kind of go to each other on and then you realize oh oh my mom might see this <laughs> and i'm vomiting semen 
<laughs> well, there's a tentacle uh, penis coming out of me. That, but that was, that's fuck buddies. That's fuck buddies. That's fuck buddies. But yeah. also, but Five Guys Chillin' was pretty, yeah. It's funny because I went to it and I was like, be cool. Don't be like the old lady that's shocked. And I took, like, I won't mention it, but there was only one line in it that made me really raise my eyebrows. The rest of it, I was like, eh thanks like <laughs> it's just like it's fine but you i thought you were such a strong presence in that show too and uh you have i think that you have this like such a great neutrality where you can go really like attractive and like likable but you can also be very cold like your your face sort of goes either way mm. and you're and of course you're acting but it's also about a certain look to me where it's like it's not you if you're a kendall you're a kendall sorry yeah, right yeah you yeah. want something that can sort of it's it's like it's it's a versatile like playing field where it can go one way or another and you were so menacing in that show like and it, i think part of it was the stillness because the other guys were so wacky and like we're partying and there was something kind of scary about you um, well, the, and how the, contained yeah. the reactions were. I I really loved that show. That was terrifying, terrifying to do, just because it like it was was that tiny space in this basement in Kensington Market, and again we had just been rehearsing. It was like just us, the director, and our stage manager. So just like seven of us for a month. So for people who, if you don't know, Five Guys Chillin', it's about like the um, party and play or chemsex scene in the gay community which is pretty relevant, especially today. And so it's just these guys like doing drugs and having sex for like an hour and a half. And so when it, like, it came to our first preview, we're like, oh, people are actually like gonna see us do it and say these things, these awful, awful things. Like some of the things- It's really, graphic, yeah. Really bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Graphic and then also just displaying a lot of lack of care for themselves and for other people and transmission of HIV and mm-hmm. STIs and things like that. Um, but the a big challenge I found with that was the, he, the character I played was supposed to be like quite a bit older than the rest of the guys. He's supposed to be like a daddy. Right, okay. And they, I guess they couldn't really find anyone. So the director reached out to me and asked me to come in and audition. And I got the monologue and I was like, I have no idea what the fuck this is, but here's like kind of the, the take. Um, and so it, it was, you know, I had to be that kind of like a th- authoritative kind of figure in the group without having the the benefit of age of like being a bigger size of things like that so I kind of had to find okay then how do I command that respect almost or like sort of set myself as the alpha in the room if I'm if I don't have those things like how do I compensate there so she had to make him a little nasty oh yeah yeah (laughs) and it was fun it was much more challenging to feel pity for him than for mm. the other guys. Yeah. But you were, it, he was fascinating. Maybe the most fascinating, but also he was like, you were just like, this is the guy you don't want at this party, basically. Right. Cause he's kind of instigating in that. I felt like he was that guy, like, if you want to be as cool as me, you got to do this. And if not, I'm just, throwing you away and judging you like that's and what I say goes like that and that that was established within a second of the show starting you were just like yikes this guy this guy is half the reason for this whole thing yeah getting so far do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean because every they they all kind of want to be like him even though he's such a terrible character but he's the cool one you know they respect him in this weird way the show, when it becomes this, like, they're they're kind of one-upping each other with their stories, but they just get so, so bad. And, like... So dark. Yeah, because when you read it on the page, it's like, this is... It, it, I think the show could very easily be done as, like, a pity party, and, like, it's... Because when you do read it, it's just, like, guys unveiling trauma after trauma after trauma. But you have to really, like, we were constantly reminded, like, no, they're on coke. They're on a ton of drugs. Like, they're saying this to impress each other. It's not to be like, look how look how terrible my life has been. Look at all these bad things that have happened to me. It's like, you want to hear a fucking wild story? Then yeah, and everyone's the like, please no. you've ever heard in your whole life. And another thing that I think kept us 
grounded in it because it can feel way way too big and like some of the stories are like that's that there's no way a human person would like willingly put themselves through that but the there it's all interviews like, it was real yeah it was yeah, real that's the most i was just like oh i almost can't handle that aspect of it that it's yeah. and i mean i did know you know like i mean i think if you're even even brush with the gate you know about that kind of shit that's sort of happening but when i saw i was like i didn't really get it, like how much yeah. and how, <laughs> i think it's what you said the it's you can't even say like it's self-destructive it's like they don't care if they die no really like couldn't just no, no yeah yeah and that's kind of the, the set and it was nice they did they did do a little talk afterward which was kind of interesting too and i think you have to because I, what i remember about that i was like this play is successful like i lined up to get in i had a ticket but the when i got there i was like oh bitch like the line was like down the street to get into this so show good. sold yeah. out baby that's yeah. what you want that's yeah. what you want right <laughs> it's like that's we don't see that enough but i guess i guess in this show that <laughs> crazy and skanky everybody's like i gotta yeah. see this <laughs> yeah because like we also we didn't get reviewed because i don't know now wasn't interested i guess um and the star wouldn't come but i i think yeah i i think word of mouth um we would also like some of us would get guys messaging us on social media or like on grinder afterward being like ha saw your play wow that's my whole life and i'm feeling really weird right now and like we did talk about the possibility of like triggering people who who had been through this and come out the other side and had gone through rehab and are, sure. you know recovering addicts and whatnot um which is why we had to or not had to but we did have the talk back after the show every night just so we could destigmatize anything and kind of come down from that because it is a lot yeah and then you go out with your friends need a bucket of pad thai because you are jacked up <laughs> yeah. you're jacked yeah yeah no truly i mean we smoke so much like rock candy throughout the whole show we we're just like bah, 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 bah. your blood sugar is like 50 you're just like i can really use some pad thai like oh okay just snorting b12 vitamins like, Woo! <laughs> all right speaking oh, of triggering <laughs> let's just talk about ornithology for a sec oh yes that mm. was like maybe what i don't i mean i don't like to do this but i mean i uh, that's what i was saying i think i said to ryan i said you know that was one of my favorite shows that i've ever done which yeah. sounds arrogant until i say i don't like all the shows that i done like sometimes things don't just come out the way you picture you know what i mean no definitely um and sometimes they do but i think with that we had such a good like i mean it was just in a little crappy little room but the material and the performers just took you away like calgon like yeah. you forgot where you were you forgot and you most of all because the other two were otherworldly but you were in the real world and you took it to another level for me and I expected you to be very good and it was better than I thought oh that was amazing I'm, I'm so proud of the work that we did on that like you and I really I feel made something that I still I still wish I could do again like yeah. I uh, I would probably now actually have a heart attack possibly show. well you might have to warm up a little <laughs> I think I'd have to lose about 20 pounds <laughs> um because it like yeah talk about getting like jacked up after a oh, show yeah. that was yeah having to overdose twice yeah <laughs> like an hour yeah um truly yeah when i'm yeah one of my favorite favorite things and because i'd never been through like seen a process from like okay here's a book now we're yeah. gonna adapt it now we're gonna stage it and then we're gonna put it on like just going through that whole thing um and i don't think i could have done 98 percent of the adaptation like i just sort of like proofread and said well maybe you could change you know this sentence here and that there but you did the work no like, we we did a lot of work together especially on the order of it right because remember at the beginning there was a lot of we had to throw a lot of stuff out because it was way too long yeah and and then we had to reorder a bunch of it because just for flow when you're reading it is different from like 
speaking yeah, it. You need like a watchable it. series of actions. Exactly. I think that's part yeah. of it. So there was some rearranging, but yeah, I was, I was real happy with it, but you, man, and I did, we did um, get a little on the edge of triggering a few people, which I thought was, was wild since you had nothing. There were no props. Yeah. There's nothing there, but the, there was a scene that imaginarily would involve almost drowning yourself in a bathtub because you're so mm -hmm. you're so coked out mm -hmm. and people were upset like they they loved it but i think there were a few people talked to me who found it very upsetting but i was like yeah. good <laughs> you shouldn't watch a thing about getting coked out and be like i'm gonna do that after the show it's like that's like the whole point right like it's it's sort of like some of these you know people doing this they don't know when to stop no and that's the, like one of the i think strong things that we were able to accomplish is realistically showing someone like an active addict who's in denial who then overdoses goes through treatment comes out immediately gets back lost in the sauce maybe more than ever again. before yeah, yeah. like yeah. goes go but what i look like oh, I, my favorite stuff is stuff that's <laughs> i like high contrast dark but also funny and this was so dark and yet so funny. Yeah. And there were things that are funny in it that you shouldn't have been laughing at. And you had to. And a lot of that was you too, because there was something in the guy's hysteria that was very funny because he was such a fucking tool. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. he was such a knob. And I love how you, like you embraced that about him and that's what made the audience be like i love this guy even though he's a fucking tool and a knob i'm still yeah. in love with him and i don't want him to die in a bathtub yeah right which is the only way that that would have the ending would have paid off oh yeah well and that otherwise. was my because that was one of my few concerns like when reading it over i sort of thought god this guy's kind of a jerk you know you know what i mean yeah. like and oh yeah and you just took that and you kept that, but you warmed it up so that he was a real person and you did feel compassion, even though he could be a jerk. Yeah, it's it's something that I think I, I struggled with a lot in my early days as an actor is how to play someone without commenting on them. Right. And so that was a, a moment where I really felt proud of yeah, like being able to show a guy who is objectively a, a turd. Yeah, um, yeah. But you still don't want to see him die. So exactly. That's, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. And like, I, 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 should we, can can I say the source material? Is that okay? Sure. Hey, we're criminals too. There we go. <laughs> Technically. Step back high school. We're here now. So yeah, we we worked on adapting this from Carrie Fisher's Postcards from the Edge, her book, which is fantastic if you haven't read it. And then over the course of that year, or I guess the couple months after that, I was trying to get in contact with like her managers, her agent, whoever, to try and get like, see if I could get the rights to just adapt that one because it's it's just like one section of the book it's one tiny section really kind of has barely anything to do with the main plot that's going on uh and then finally i got uh an email back from her i think it was her book agent who said no stop contacting us miss fisher is working <laughs> on her own adaptation of postcards from the edge right and then two weeks later she died yeah and now you now now it's a big get it yeah, yeah, now now it's never gonna happen. But I still think we should do something else. Yes, I I, I absolutely my agree. opinion. Yeah, that was the best we've ever worked together. Was yeah. doing that. That's how yeah. we should. Yeah. So I was talking to someone recently, and I found it so interesting that in theater school, you know, when you do studies of text and whatnot, most of the time it's it's on plays that were written before 1990, at least, if not like classicals. Yeah. And then in getting out of school, like the majority of work that I did and the work that I liked the best was new, mostly Canadian work. Yeah. And I think that, I, I hope that there is a shift in how um, 
in the teachings at theater school in that more new, like at UVic, we were, there was a lot of new work development that we were allowed to do, but um, yeah, I just hope there's more emphasis on that because that's where the best work is happening. Yeah, it's not in I agree. your reimagination of The Tempest. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's and, the new work that you're creating that's talking. And also, I mean, this is so going to be a wildly unpopular opinion, but, you know, places like Stratford and the Royal Shakespeare, you know, company over in England and stuff, they're there for a reason. And I don't want to see your $10 version of fucking as you like. Sorry. The fringe. Sorry. It never sorry. really works out unless somebody in the show's a genius, which is hardly ever. Like yeah. a like an, a real superstar who can sort of like lift the whole thing. Yeah. But I I feel like people try to go for those and they they actually don't really have the the resources or maybe even the knowledge that they don't understand that you you really need to have. You can't feel your way through it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not a workshop piece. No, no. And it, it's, I get it. It's, it's free. You don't have to pay it any rights is. and royalties. That's great. But there's so much more that can be said yeah. that hasn't already been said for hundreds of years. Yeah. By, yeah. by an English white guy, you know, and as much exactly. as I still, I'm never going to not like those plays, but no. we need to hear from some other people. Exactly. And that, I'm actually hoping this is what helps that, you know, this whole time of rest that we're having is going to open the doors yeah and be like hey man you know and and have have new people do new forms of performance that we might not have even thought of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i don't just mean fucking zoom shows i'm gonna get a little sick of that shit but what do you i i understand that's what we have to do yeah but i i mean something in person something i think there's going to be more outside shows Mm-hmm. Like, as yeah. you say, well, Stratford's going to do it. But I think like, I mean, I think that's stuff that the fringe and stuff has to start looking into is just like start setting up outside stages because this shit is not going away anytime yeah. really soon where, yeah. where we might be able to cram a hundred people into like the factory backspace. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. I don't know, like the, there's no air. <laughs> so it could yeah. be years before you can do that. And mostly the fringe is in spaces like that. So it's like, it's time to rethink how we're going to do this because those fringe festivals are very important. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's sort of how everything starts to, to grow. So there's so many, like look at Instroy is like a perfect example, like gets a start at the fringe with Kim's convenience and now it's a CBC fucking national television show. And he was on The Mandalorian. That's all I care about. Was he really? Yeah. He showed up <laughs> twice on the second season. Girl. Yeah. I know. I, I'm freaked out. Everybody in Toronto was like, oh my God. <laughs> a Canadian's famous, you guys. He's on the Disney Channel. Canadian <laughs> who's not one of the levies. <laughs> it's not a levy. And he made it onto a Disney Channel. Very good. good. Yeah. But yeah, I, that's what it all came from. Yeah, the print show. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's turn the page (laughs) to the current state of affairs, which is nothing. Which is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Imprisonment. Yes. And this, we're now in the third lockdown in Toronto. Seventeenth. (laughs) Oh, totally. Well, there's only what, like, two a week between the two lockdowns. Like, I feel like nothing has. Nothing I changed. Mean, outside like, nothing Toronto, changed. it has been different, and pe- like oh, you know, sure. my parents, you know, you, but here, nothing's changed. Like yeah. we've been like this for a while, and they were like, "Oh my god, you can do stuff." Oh wait, no. Like it was like a moment. It was just like, oh. just kidding. April Fools, guys. Lol. From Dougie. Oh, Dougie, yeah. Doug, Doug, Doug. I was back in Calgary uh, the last week of March, and what a world of difference like yeah it's so open there it's it, it, it was pretty mind-boggling to be able to like i don't know go into business go into a place yeah. like, <laughs> oh oh <laughs> it was yeah and then i came back and the next day got the lockdown notice yeah, it's like should have stayed out there leaving yeah bye more curbside love yeah that for all. yeah i know i know it's it's getting to the point where it's like i i 
it, it's just absurd. It's absurd seeing yeah. other countries. I don't think it's been handled so much better. Very, very cleanly. Um, I think it's if like, the first lockdown had been more serious, maybe it would have had more of an effect. But you know, you yeah. can't bargain with a virus. You can't be like, if we just do this, are we good? Like, we wait till the numbers are a thousand. Can we go out? And it's like, no, bitch. It's just gonna go up again. Yeah. Like, like you can't. I feel like they're trying to barter with it. And it's just like, it's going to win every time. Like, what are you fucking around for? Yeah, this dance that you're engaging, like there's, you're, you're not going to come out on, on top here because mm-hmm. what you're doing, yeah, there's no logical through line to any of this. It, 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 like, it, it is maddening if you think about it too much, truly. Like, and it starts from the top, like federally and provincially, we've had just yeah. like such a lack of leadership. Trudeau, I think, started out well, and then as it's gone on, has just, yeah, really shit the bed. So third lockdown, I am, um, yeah, kind of had to, so I was working um, with you up until end of December. Yeah. um, Until I was no longer needed. And then I, yeah, kind of had to take a look at like my life and I uh, am considering other career paths I'm studying to take my LSATs, which is, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about. It was in like, I feel like I went through like the stages of grief. It was like, oh, man. I've kind of come out of it and like, yeah, actually this is, this is interesting. And, and the more that I really sit down and look at like what I want for my life in terms of stability and, you know, looking more towards the future, doesn't seem like such a bad idea. Right. So yeah, I, I was looking at either um, going down law school or um, becoming a criminal investigator. That's a show. There's a show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, for most of it, you have to be a police officer first. And yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> it's not a good time. <laughs> to be a cop that's for no, sure no and i would never want to be a police officer and i also think i'd be a really bad police officer <laughs> you'd be like you're fine you just go ahead uh yeah you know nothing's bad anymore yeah you know like what it, 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 you're get out of here yeah crazy yeah Took. yeah no um so yeah that's what i'm looking at now all right that yeah. is uh I'm just tired just thinking about that, but I admire it. <laughs> thinking about going back to school is, yeah, very exhausting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess a lot of it would, at least for the time being, be from home, right? Well, I mean, I probably, like, realistically, I don't think I'd get the LSAT score that I'd want, f- like, for a while. So it probably wouldn't be until, like, next fall that I'd be going if I, right. if all goes according to plan. Right, um, right. So, Yeah hopefully by then like I that's the other thing I wouldn't want to pay full tuition to do online school I feel really bad for for kids who are like in their first year university now I was listening to this podcast and they were saying like college admissions are down like 40 percent of course like well think of things like a theater you can't even do it oh god you can't do it like movement classes on zoom like that's uh, but you can't interact with the other kids and you can't like it's you can't you can't like make eye contact like it's no it's yeah. actually very mentally draining being on zoom for a lot of the day and i think part of it is that eye focus thing because you can't yeah. really look at anybody but you also can't really look away yeah and if i'm in a meeting regularly i can't see myself it's very distracting you're just yeah. like uh like I mean, I guess you you turn off, I wish there was a way to turn off your camera for you, but not for everybody else so that they could see you, but you're, you're not visible to yourself. Like, why hasn't anybody thought of that? That's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I should be rich. Yeah. Yeah. Make an app. Yeah. I should do that. (laughs) Don't know how to do that. (laughs) I'm sure I can, I'll Google it. It's fine. I'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I mean, I keep thinking about stuff too. I, I mean, uh, yeah, you just start thinking like, what am I doing? What am I going to be doing? Like, is this going to hold up like this, this job? 
you know, it's like things that seem stable now. I'm just like, not much longer if this doesn't clear up. It's it's scary. And it's scary when I re- thinking that like I put all my eggs in this basket that is the arts. And it turns out that basket has like a collapsible bottom. Yes. And my eggs could just fall out at any point. And they did. And now I have no eggs. <laughs> I think it's 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 also it's anyone in any kind of events yeah. or event yeah. management, like any, you know, like like arts, sound guys at concerts and like it's it's yeah. like it's just the domino effect of all these people's jobs, you yeah. know. And um, yeah, I mean, hopefully there are things starting to roll back, but I, I do think it's going to take longer than some people might think to get back, like back, back, but some is better than none. I, I remember listening to a podcast at the beginning of the, uh, of the pandemic and there was this, uh, I guess they worked for wasn't the CDC, but they, they worked on like predicting pandemics and natural disasters. Like their job was um, to sort of look at, okay, if this happens, how do we then plan for it and prevent whatever we can in terms of like casualties or whatever. And they were saying that for this kind of pandemic, it's, they estimated it would be about two years yeah. before we came back. And they were like, yeah, there's going to be a reopening and then we're going to close and reopening and close. And it's just kind of be like, you know, you, take two steps forward and you're going to have to take one back. And then, you know, you take another one forward and like that dance that they talked about. And I was like, two years, no way. We'll be out of here for pride, baby. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a reason that that's his fucking job. Maybe don't, no, he's wrong. <laughs> I know better. <laughs> At least you weren't on the subway being like free hugs, anti-masking. And- <laughs> licking poles. Licking everybody. It's yeah. a hoe. Uh, why aren't those people dead? <laughs> I have to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> no, please leave it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this whole thing has been really wild, and it's not over yet. No, but, not even close. Well, no, we're we're closer, but we're we're closer. But it's you know, it's. I mean, I did a podcast a few weeks ago with Sarah Taylor, and she just said it's getting closer to the toilet. So, you know, the toilet just keeps getting slightly out of reach. And you're like, I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> I can't hold it. It's anymore. right there. Yeah. Yeah. You're just going crazy. Yeah. And uh, that really resonated with me. Yeah. No, that's, I, I, I for, feel you know, that. Yeah. For, for sure. the, the pandemic ending and shitting your pants. I can relate on every level. <laughs> it's been a bad year, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a bad time. Uh, not having a good time. <laughs> well alex i'd like to really thank you for agreeing to come on to the zoom green room with me this <laughs> podcast is keeping me alive and sane the pandemic is making me suicidal and less alive but that's yes. you know and uh i do i wish you well in whatever form your career takes going Thanks. forward but i sure i i think you should keep it at least on the side I'm going to forget talent. how to act. I'm going to because burn my BFA. I'm t- and I'm going to say, what's my... It might, take, it might take five years. It might t- we might be elderly. We're going to do that again. Tell I, you that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a late career. I'm going to be a June squib. Yeah. I'm going to roll in in my 60s, pick up like an Oscar. and Damn right. Probably die. You'd show up to the Oscars like Ian McKellen with like a 20-year-old guy. That's what you want to do. That's what I you want to do. Guys. Remember how everybody was like, oh my God. But nobody could actually say anything because it was Ian McKellen. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Such a legend. <laughs> yeah. And this episode marks the finale of series one of the Zoom Green Room. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. It's been a real pleasure. And if you wanted to subscribe to the Zoom Green Room, we're available on every platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast. Just look us up and you'll find us. You can also find us at thezoomgreenroom.captivate.fm where all the episodes are sitting there waiting to be listened to anytime you like. 
will now take a brief hiatus, but the Zoom Green Room will return, so stay subscribed. And whether it's in this exact format or a different format altogether, well, that just depends on which reality we decide to skew into in 2021. So until then, stay safe.